The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Being around sports media and a fan of, oh, my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. We're here. Oh, it is Tuesday. Oh, at least I've lost my... Uh, it's Tuesday, October 25th, if you're watching on YouTube. Wednesday, October 26th, if you're listening to the podcast via audio form. Trying to tweet out a, a link to this. Uh, joining me to talk some week eight. Week eight! Straight next week. Next, tomorrow's news today. Week eight betting trends. John Breach and Tyler Sullivan, aka Sully. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Thanks for having us, Brenton. Thanks for thanks for coming. We never turn down an invite. Happy to do it. That's just not true. Um, so, anything uh, small talk? You want to do some small talk? Sully was. Were you at the game last night? I was at the game last night. Sully was at the game last night. Saw the Bears play their best offensive game in in 41 years. I saw a bear attack last night. Yes, it was. Say a bear attack again. Bear attack. There's something about it that was very Bostonian. Um, What uh, What's your read on the? Did you you stick around to hear Bill Belichick talking? uh, Yeah. Yeah, It was. It was. It was a weird. A weird kind of turn of events for them. I mean. I don't know. It was, it seemed like a very mixed messaging. It kind of felt like he was lying. Like it was, he's saying that there was a plan and yet Mac Jones was better at saying the right things. Bailey Zappi seemed very confused about everything. He really did. He's like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) He's he's like, I'm trying to say the right thing, but I had zero idea. He's, he's, he looked like like somebody who was um, 
desperately trying to sound like a uh, the Patriots quarterback. He's like, um, he's like, uh, he's like, you know, I um, I just know that I got to go out there and practice. Well, well here's the crazy and, thing: and is that it's like what? If Bailey Zappi didn't know he was playing, and half the Patriots offense didn't know he was playing, apparently the only two people were Bill Belichick and Adam Schefter, who tweeted out like 20 minutes before the game that both quarterbacks would probably play. But before that, it was Belichick was like quashing that, like, no, we're just gonna, I'm gonna do whatever I want. And he kept kind of going with it too, because didn't he tell Lisa Salters at halftime that right. he was gonna come back both in? Quarterbacks soon? were gonna play in the second it, half. It was very. It just didn't make any sense. And like you were saying, Breach. A lot of the players in that locker room had zero clue what was going on. Like Which is weird. Zilch or Zip or Zappy. Uh, it was <laughs> just, just absolutely yeah. no idea. So it's just a weird, a weird kind of turn of events. I don't know what really to make out of it, other than both quarterbacks didn't really play that well, other than Zappy for like a couple of series. And that's not great because they might not have any quarterbacks, let alone two. I'm just not sure that like Bailey Zappy's that much better than Mac Jones. No, I I mean it felt like for I mean it felt for a second there that this was a full takeover. Like a Brady situation, right? Yeah. I mean the whole place was going bananas and then kind of turned into a pumpkin towards the end. The the big concern that I have with Zappy just as like a general prospect is his height. He had a ton of balls batted at the line. Sure, where the interceptions came from. Yeah. And so that that to me is a little bit concerning if we're talking about these guys potentially being the starter, one of them, but yeah, it was a, just an overall weird night. Uh, I don't really know where they're gonna go from here. I, I think, I would think they go back to Mac. I would just, I would think that that's the the plan now, especially if he's healthy, because it it didn't make sense. Because if he's not healthy, then why is he even playing to begin with? And if he's healthy enough to start the game, why are you taking him out? Because Belichick said that he took him out after that interception, not because of the interception, and not because. Of the injury it was just part of the plan. Made no sense. But I think he's lying. Injury was part. Injury factored into the plan, the but plan. not, but not the reason to take him out. Yeah, he was not benched. He was not benched. He was not removed for injury, and he was not removed for performance. He just simply randomly decided to pull out Mac Jones after an interception in a game in which he was worried about his injury uh, and put in Bailey Zappi. That's yeah. just all. And well, and it feels like Belichick talked himself into a corner, which he rarely ever does because he's a he's yeah. so good at saying nothing, and b when he does say something, it's something that he already knew he was going to say, and you don't see him kind of talk around in circles to where he gets to a point where everybody's like, "All right, Bill, what's going on here?" Because it's not that you're not giving us anything; it's that what you're saying doesn't make sense, yeah. and there's a difference between those two things. It's a little weird. You never see that either, like Belichick. Backing himself into a verbal corner with reporters, because even he he was like, <laughs> he'll usually just go. Huh. But, but he, he had a, he a one question. Time. He's like, he's like, he's like, who's the starter for next week? He's like, we just finished a game. <laughs> all right, that, that's that's fair. Grumpy Belichick. Yeah, Grumpy Belichick. Uh, all right. Anything else from uh, from that game last night, Sully? That you want to talk about? No, no. Set and forget. Okay. Pats are uh, Pats are toast, huh? Again? Yeah, they don't look great. Don't look great. Second time this year, the Pats are toast. Can't wait to bring them back after two Jets wins and a Colts win. <laughs> They're going to beat the Jets twice with, uh, and then and then beat the Colts with um, Sam Ellinger. And then I'm going to I'm going to declare the Pats back. And then two weeks later, I'll declare the Pats dead for the third time this season. Very I'll, I'll, I'll be there for the ride. Be a good good time. Going to be quite the ride. Uh, anyway, 
I was ahead of the Belichick thing, but I won't do it. Let's talk some week eight betting trends. Start with the Dolphins against the Lions. Poor Dan Campbell. Can't catch a break. Tua Tagovailoa, three-point favorite in uh, Detroit in the Motor City with a total of 51 and a half. Woo! Robust. Tua's going to be a popular DFS option this week. It was with Tyreek Hill. Bring a little comeback maybe with Amron St. Brown if he can clear a concussion protocol. What, uh, what kind of trends we got for this bad boy? Well, I mean, the Lions play extremely well at home, 6-1 and one against the spread in their last seven home games. The Dolphins are actually 0-4. They're on an 0-4 uh, cover streak in their last four games. So, you know, I guess that that trends a little bit favorably towards the Lions. They do feel like the more desperate team right now. Obviously, you know, that what, do they lose four straight? I think the Lions have at this point. And you wonder, I, I don't know if Dan Campbell gets fired in season. But, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. But... You know, you got to kind of turn the ship around at some point or another. And if you get guys back healthy, maybe this is a spot where you could catch a Dolphins team who, you know, as much as it was encouraging to see Tua back last week, it felt like he should have had like four interceptions in that game. So does that maybe actually come to roost here in this one? You know, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then the only thing I'll throw in real quick is that the Dolphins are six and one straight up when they are favored to three points or more in their last seven games, but only four and three against the spread. And they have only been favored by three points or more three times this season. They beat the Steelers 16 to 10. They beat the Patriots 20 to seven. And the one game they did loss was weird because it was the Jets game. They lost 40 to 17 and, and went through from your backup quarterback to your backup, backup quarterback. And so it's kind of hard to look at that game and take anything meaningful from it, from a betting perspective. Um, so yeah, so the both times, so I, the Steelers game I think would count, the Patriots game I think would count, and they rolled in both of those. The uh, Lions are four and two to the over this year. The Dolphins are just two and five to the over. But looking at the Dolphins' games, Steelers game goes under. Jets game actually went over where they got bludgeoned, which is kind of weird. I believe the Bengals game went over and the Ravens game went over. Yeah, Dolphins. I mean, Vikings. Dolphins probably stayed under at forty. Yeah, I think that Bengals. Dolphins over under was just really low. Maybe is that right? Seems right. Uh, oh, they only got two, so it'd be the Jets and the uh, excuse me, Jets and the and the Ravens. I'm sorry. Um, and, you have, and you do have the Lions giving up the second most yards per pass attempt. I mean, if if we're looking at chunk plays in this offense, like we saw last week against Pittsburgh with Waddle and Hill, that could be a factor here too. Yeah, I was just sort of thinking like. This is one of those games where 51 and, 51 and a half is obviously a lot, but you know Miami can run the ball and can slow down the game a little bit. That would be your only concern, except Detroit typically speeds these games up, although Detroit has not scored very many points at all if Amron St. Brown and DeAndre Swift are not out there. So I would be cognizant of that. I think those guys are those guys hashtag matter, uh, particularly for the for scoring for the over. Um, but yeah, man. I don't think Dan Campbell gets a new. I think Dan Campbell gets this year easily. Although he has looked increasingly like sort of sad on the sideline. Yeah. I mean, you just it, at some point, the record has to matter, right? Like it's as much as they do play hard and, and all of that. And it's a, he's a good sound bite and all that. It's you, you're going to have what? What were they last year? What they have two, were they two wins, three wins. Like yeah, but I think they knew they were going to be bad. Yeah. Like when they, when when Dan Campbell and um, 
you know, to, when they hired Dan Campbell as a coach, I mean, I think the understanding was they're going to try hard and be bad for like two years minimum, and then try and get a quarterback at some point to come in and, and replace Goff. Not like Goff is just sort of the bridge, and who you know, hope to get to the. I don't know, man. I mean, like, it, I mean, or the Lions just don't care about wins. I mean, I, I, they've kind of proven it. They kept Matt Patricia uh, after six win season. Then he got worse and only won three games, and then they finally got rid of him. Uh, in 2020 so who knows uh the one other thing about the line zone brinson you were kind of touching on this with the over under is that they have only scored six points total in the past two weeks they got shut out they scored six that is their lowest span their lowest scoring total over a two-week period any two-week period since 1993 so this they went from being the highest scoring offense in the nfl to sputtering into nothing and obviously injuries have a huge huge factor in that uh, but this is, you know, even for the Lions, this has been a historical scoring drought. Uh, as Michael David Smith of Pro Football Talk noted on Sunday, I believe, the Lions fired Jim Caldwell for going 36 and 28. Since then, they're 18, 51, and 2. And just, and I'm, it's not on Caesars, but on a different site, uh, 16 to 1, Dan Campbell to be fired, the next coach fired. Kingsbury, Hackett, I think they like him. I think they like him so much they won't. Yeah, run him out until until after the season. Yeah, I, they, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, um, and w- I wouldn't be surprised if he got another year, just because I, I, and my, I, the way I look at, I think I swear they looked at this as like a three year rebuilding project. Um, and don't and they don't want to be the you know the the lion team that just fires everybody left and right. But you know, if you lose, you get smoked by Tua and the, you know. Dolphins get embarrassed. Maybe, maybe it gets a little bit closer to it. Commanders and Colts. A difficult one to handle because we have a quarterback situation on our hands. Matt Ryan benched, not just for this week, but for the rest of the season. <laughs> You're done, Matt. Jim Irsay doesn't want to see you anymore. Um, and as a result, but that's, a, that's a, actually, let me ask you this. Who do you think, we talked about this a little bit on, on, uh, on last night's show. But who do you think is in charge? Who do you think made the decision to bench uh, Matt Ryan? The the Colts, by the way, are still minus three somehow with a total of 40. I'm not sure how the Colts are favored here. Yeah, that, that was my question. I, I would say it's Frank Reich. I, I still think that that's – I don't know if – I don't know if Matt Ryan has yes. – Gives someone the same vitriol as the play of Carson Wentz does if we're talking about Ursay. Like it's, I, I, think I don't know just- if his plays is frustrating. I think he's just blind, blindly angry at, at, at like spending to go, like spending assets to go get quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I think I think Carson Wentz is making helping to make Jim Mercy mad about Matt Ryan. That makes sense. I, I, yeah, it's a compounding issue for this team. I mean, he's even, mad at Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, and he's like taking it out on Matt Ryan. I mean, year and year again, it just feels like they're kind of retreading it. I think it's the kind of the theme for both of these teams, right? Like they. They're a quarterback away, but they kind of just well, want to. I mean, they 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 lack a quarterback. Well, they lack a quarterback. That's how, that's how I should say it. And so, you know, they are kind of trying to bring in the veteran to see if it works and something sticks, and it just it just hasn't worked. In I think both of these teams would be better served just biting the bullet, drafting a high, you know, going down a little bit and drafting a high a quarterback high. Yeah, and Brent, I think there's something to your point that last year's experience with Wentz rubbed Ursay so much the wrong way that that played a part here where maybe Frank Reich went to his office and said, look, 
Matt Ryan's got this injured shoulder. He might not be able to play this week. And Ursay just pounced and was like, oh, you know what? Let's just bench him the rest of the season because he's not doing anything for me. I don't want to sit through another nightmare year. Let's see what Sam Ellinger can do. Um, and this turns into, you know, like trends don't even matter for this game because it's such a great unknown when you have a guy who's never even thrown NFL pass against uh, Taylor Heineke, who yeah, is I mean, a fascinating who's... quarterback. But I'll tell you this, though, Heineke has been a, a pretty good bet over his last uh, handful of games. Seven and two against the spread over his last nine starts. Nothing to nothing to look away from there. And the commanders have been good, particularly on third down, second best rate in the NFL. So, you know, if we're talking about taking some if we want a dog in this slate, I think that this is a pretty good one. Yeah. Well, and um, one of the things about uh, I saw this, I think PFF did a study this maybe, but it's like underdog uh, quarterbacks against the spread. I mean, excuse me, a backup quarterback's going to spread. Basically, when you've got a quarterback who is replacing the starter, that the public or the public essentially overvalue. I guess the it, it, it's it's overvalued the drop off from the starter to the, the backup. For instance, like oh, Carson Wentz is out. Well, Taylor Heineke stinks. It's like actually, as it turns out, so does Carson Wentz. So it doesn't. You know, Heineke's plays um, not given quite as much credit as it probably should be. Based on you know just like like the, it can, because of the drop off and so now the, we obviously have two of them here so I don't know what the precise answer is with vis a vis like um you know whether, like how like, that math checks out like, yeah like, how that calculus goes uh, yeah I, I would say that like I think the Heineke drop off is less than the Matt Ryan Ellinger drop off if only not. Matt Ryan can't move is easily in turnovers, but I mean, Sam Ellinger's just never played. So like, it's, there's a lot of unknowns. Maybe Frank Reich's got a bunch of stuff up his sleeve where he's going to, you know, uh, use a read option, bootleg, you know, tons of movement, et cetera, et cetera. That, that I, I, we just don't, there's a lot of unknowns. So I, I, I don't have a hard time laying three here. It's very stinky. Yeah. Yeah. And to Solly's point, not only is, uh, Heineke seven and two against the spread in his last nine games, he's actually covered in four straight games as a starter. So if you just look at his past four starts, covering all four of them, three and one against the, or, uh, two and two straight up, but that does include the playoff game where the, the start against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, everyone thought that the Buccaneers were going to roll and destroy Washington and they kept it close. And it was a five point game in the fourth quarter. And then Tampa won by eight and Washington obviously covered that game. So, uh, yeah, Heineke, a little credit with, uh, four straight covers. All right. Next up, Pats. We saw them last night. They're playing the Jets. As Breach and I predicted, this line has crept out. <laughs> Although, <laughs> for different reasons. Uh, by the way, if, hey, we weren't wrong. We said if the Pats blew out the Bears, which we thought they would do, the line would get to like Pats minus three at the Jets. The line is currently Pats minus one and a half. So it did move a little bit, but it hasn't moved as much as we thought. And we said that the um, that the since we don't have this on the list of games to talk about, I'll just mention it that the Cowboys and the Bears game would get to like Cowboys minus 12 or 13 if the Bears got blown out by the Cowboys. Bears blew out the Patriots, so it actually came back down. It's now nine and a half, which uh, which should tell you, um, all you need to know. Uh, you got any stats about Belichick after a loss? Belichick again, Belichick hadn't lost the Jets since 2015. I know that's a trend. And not to mention that the fact that this this Jets team isn't going to have Brees Hall been a huge factor for them. They did just trade for James Robinson. They have Michael Carter. They have people to to move the ball. But Brees Hall was a legitimate force 
in that back. Favorite to win rookie of the year at that point. Yeah, I think it was probably it was the betting favorite, right? Him and Sauce were the one, two for offensive and defensive, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's a huge loss for them because now you have to put the ball a little bit more in Zach Wilson's hands, which I don't know if that's exactly what Robert Sala wants to do, especially against Bill Belichick, who is probably pissed off after losing to the Chicago Bears. So, you know, this could be a good bounce back spot for them, laying just a point and a half. I, I, I would feel good about that. But I do want to know a little bit more about the quarterback situation for New England. I, I think it's going to be Mac. I think that they're going to kind of rid this facade of, yeah, we're going to roll with two. And I, I just can't imagine that they would do that for a second week in a row. At this point, if Mac's healthy enough, he starts and he gets all the reps. If he's somehow not healthy after this game, then you give Bailey Zappi all the reps and you have you just have a clear decision here, especially after all the kind of murmuring after the game where kind of seemed like a players were frustrated that they didn't know what was going on. Yeah, and it's not even Brees Hall. He might not be the biggest player of the Jets lost this week because uh, Elijah Barrett Tucker's out. Yeah. You're losing one of your starting offensive linemen. You're losing your dynamic rooking running back, and that's tough to do going up against a Belichick defense that just absolutely dominated the Jets. As Brinson said, for basically the last seven years, uh, that they have won 12 straight against the Jets. They are 8-4 and four against the spread in those 12 games. And it's just, you know, you could say what you want about my penchant for talking revenge on this podcast. Belichick hates the Jets. He hates the Jets. And he's angry because the Bears just embarrassed him at home in primetime in front of the whole world. And he gets the Jets on deck. He hates the Jets. I, I almost feel like if they had blown out the Bears, this is kind of a good spot maybe to take the Jets, kind of maybe catch them sleeping a little bit. Now you get your butt whooped on Monday night, kind of get you back, and you're only again only laying a point and a half. That might be the. It's be a long week of practice. You back exactly. Yeah. And we've seen how Zach Wilson does. Uh, you know when he has to play a tough defense. The Broncos have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Zach Wilson could not do anything against them. He was absolutely horrible. And so you know if that's what he looks like against the Patriots, that's trouble. But. Uh, you know, the Jets defense has been so good. They've given up. They gave up nine points to the Broncos, which I guess isn't that impressive because the Broncos can't score on anyone. But only 10 points to the Packers, only 17 points to the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, <laughs> teams have had trouble scoring on them. And to your point, Solly, if the Patriots don't know their quarterback situation, you don't really feel good about the Patriots scoring points on this Jets defense. So uh, it's definitely a fascinating game. Sauce Gardner is indeed the favorite for uh, defensive rookie of the year at plus 150. He's playing fantastic football. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is worth something at 10 to 1. What was, he, what was hilarious last night, kind of on that topic? This is what, right? I'm, about, this is what I'm about to get okay, to. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, he is, uh, you're, you're going to point out Bailey Zappi, yep. offensive rookie of the year, still plus 650. I think he was like 50 to 1, and people started peppering it, and they Caesars kept moving it down, moving it down, moving it down. Finally, he got down to 5 to 1 to win uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, in the middle of, like, those two touchdown drives, and then it moved back up a little bit. If Max starts, it'll, he'll he'll be gone. Yeah, um, that, that, that'll be a Walker, That'll be Kenneth a Walker, two-to-one to, uh, to do it. I um actually took Kenneth Walker to lead the NFL in rushing yards at 66-to-one. I like that. That's uh, nice. Well, we'll see. I, of course, I took Brees Hall, too, and well, that's all that happened there. Moving along. Giants, Seahawks, the six and one. I mean, this is like the game of the week. As crazy as it sounds, it is. Game I mean, this would be like college game day. If this were like, if you were picking like, like who, like, like this would be game day. You would go to Seattle, um, <laughs> and you would have uh, 
see, wait, what, uh, where's that thing on Caesars? Yeah, you go to Seattle where the Seahawks are three point favorite against the New York Giants with a total of 45. What a world we live in, Sully. What, uh, I mean, I mean, got anything on this game because it doesn't fit like what we were supposed to think about these two, uh, these two teams. Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing is just that it, yet again, the New York Giants, great record. Dogs on the road, dogs in general getting points where they're five and zero straight up as a dog this season. If you if you just believe in New York getting points, you take them on the money line. You're making a ton of money this season. So I don't I don't know if that's gonna hold up here because I do love the way that Seattle's playing, and it kind of feels like New York is always just kind of just getting by, just hanging on. I, I feel like this might be one of those scenarios where we saw a couple weeks ago or we saw last week where Cincinnati kind of broke Atlanta broke that streak and you know you kind of felt like that thing was never going to end their their cover streak and this might be one of those scenarios where Seattle just kind of puts New York away in terms of this underdog undefeated streak yeah and what the Giants are doing just seems unsustainable they're falling behind in every game and then counting on Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley or someone uh, to mount a comeback. You know, Daniel Jones leads the NFL this year in fourth quarter comebacks. And they're just, the Giants are just the third team ever to win at least five games when trailing in the second half uh, through their first seven games of the season. So literally only three teams ever in NFL history have done that. But the other part of this is that obviously the odds makers aren't buying what the Giants are selling because they just keep making this team an underdog. You know, we saw it. I, I think we were all somewhat surprised against Jacksonville. I'm not so much surprised they're an underdog here to fly across the country. Seattle's a tough place to play. Geno Smith has looked fantastic this season. But but I, I, Brent and I, at least on the early look ahead last week, were, were somewhat surprised to see Jacksonville as the favorite and uh, said, hey, we're pounding the Giants here. And I don't know that I feel the same way about this game, but the Giants have just been playing so well as an underdog. They have This will be the sixth game this season they've been an underdog. They are 5-0. and as underdogs, straight up, not just against the spread, straight up, they're just the third team in the Super Bowl era to win five of the first seven games as an underdog or go undefeated uh, straight up and against the spread, joining the 1999 Lions and 1994 Jacksonville or 2004 Jaguars. So it's what they're doing is rare. And probably unsustainable. They have, um, I think the over is the play in this game. The Giants are... Uh, 29th in DVOA after uh through after it gets updated again on, on Tuesday morning. Seattle's actually climbed up to 19th overall, hmm. which is kind of interesting because their their defense has not been good, but maybe it's rounding in the shape a little bit. Um I think Seattle's just a good football team. Yeah. I think the Giants are a good football team too. 20 to 1 to win the division, Brinson. Now? I, I think so. Wasn't that what it was? We, we looked at hit, it last night. Well, we were looking at that last week too, and it was pretty I thought it was like six to one. The Seattle Seahawks are currently, uh, they're at plus 550. Yeah. No, no, no. There, there's somebody else that's 20 to 1 that we were looking at. It's not the Seahawks. The Patriots are 35 to 1 to win the division. See, oh, the, Panthers, somebody... the Panthers The Panthers were 20 to 1. That's what it was. Yeah, and yeah. it was, if they beat the Falcons on Sunday, they could be in first place. They, they If the Buccaneers lose and the Panthers win, the Panthers are in first place at 3 and 5. Um, yeah, we had the, we, we, I have been talking about the Seahawks for like six weeks, taking them to win the division. I think we were um, talking about them 14 to one last, last week, right before yeah. kind of all, all the chargers. That's what it was. They were plus yeah. 1400. Yeah. Uh, love the Seahawks. I think they're just a good team. I mean, I'm probably gonna take the Seahawks here. I actually took the Jaguars last week against the giants. So like, it was like a, like, I was like, 
everyone's on the Giants. It's so obvious. I, I just think that the they're really well coached, but I think maybe they're up against like this is not the greatest matchup in the world for like like find a way to eke out a win in like bizarre fashion because that's sort of what Pete Carroll does. See, like I thought it was a little bit of the opposite though last week where it was everybody kind of smelled out the trap game line with that game with the Jaguars. So everybody bet the Jaguars and yeah. then they got burned the other way. With the that's, what yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, it's a trap. The Giants. Well, oh, Giants the play. crazy thing though, is that it could have been a trap game if the Giants were favored, but automatically you can walk in that locker room. If you're Brian Dable and say, guys, we're underdogs, the Giants, no one respects us. And automatically you play that card and there's no trap game anymore. True. So no trap game. All right. Blame it on the Next audience. up. Actually, I tell you what, why don't we take a break and we'll come back and we'll uh, we'll do two more games and plus uh, a quick little special seizures bet that we've got. Next. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, 49ers at the Rams. The 49ers are favored by one and a half. That line actually hasn't moved. I thought Breach and I thought it might climb out a little bit more, um, given the, you know, given the uh, struggles for the Rams and the history of the 49ers. Do you have any trends on Kyle Shanahan and uh, Sean McFace? Well, just like you said, the history, I mean, they're they're 6-0 and against the spread in their last six meetings, 4-0 and against the spread in L.A. They dominate this matchup. They have Christian McCaffrey now for over a week with a, game, like a half a game or whatever you want to call it under his belt could be could be another 49ers role here they just sure play feels, them well sure feels that way breach doesn't it that, yeah that is i mean the, the 49ers have won seven straight regular season games against the rams and it, again brince is another one we talked about in the early picks podcast but it just feels like when your best player is a defense player which is the case with the rams and aaron donald kyle shanahan 
just sees them so often. He's so good at scheming things away from Aaron Donald so that he doesn't impact the game. And when you can do that and you take Aaron Donald out of the game and the Rams are out their best player, uh, it makes things a lot easier for the 49ers. And the scheming is going to be a lot easier for Kyle Shanahan because he now has Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. So it just feels like, uh, you know, you got to go with the 49ers until the Rams prove they can beat them in the regular season. It also Bro, feels like, it like Debo Samuel has right? got a hamstring injury there. But Kittle's getting hot. You know, good, so thing they have, well. good thing they have Christian McCaffrey now. Yeah, this might be a big McCaffrey game. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. I meant to look it up. Sean McVay off a bye. And remember, McCaffrey put up like 160 total yards against the Rams just two weeks ago, and he did it while playing for the Panthers, who are a, a completely inferior team to the 49ers. So with a smarter coach, a better offensive line, uh, a better everything around him, you you would think he might be able to put up pretty decent numbers in this game. I think McVay is three and two against the spread coming off a bye. Sean McVay off the bye. Sean McVay off the bye. We got Andy Reid off the bye coming next too, next week. Oh, baby. McVay got hired in 2017, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's They're four and two against the spread. Four and two against the spread? Four and two against the spread after the bye since 2017. They only had... Five games. That likely includes a playoff game. Ah, yeah. Okay, so but three and two in the regular season. Sure. Um, and then let's see. They oh, fifty-one seventeen his first year. I start looking at because I feel like they've thirty to sixteen. They beat bad teams his first two years. Uh, loss twelve seventeen twelve at, at home against the Steelers his third year. That's to say this year they went nine and seven though. 23-16 against the Seahawks at home. And last year, lost. Huh. 36-28 mm-hmm. to the Packers coming off the bye. So three and two straight up and against the spread off the bye. And real quick, during this seven-game winning streak the 49ers have uh, against the Rams, they are regular season game winning streak. They are six and one against the spread. That is good info to have. All right. Finally, on the docket for this week, the Packers and the Bills play on Sunday night. Slide has uh, continued to creep towards the Bills. It's now 11 and a half. Breach, is this the uh, fifth, 500 time Aaron Rodgers ever been a uh, double-digit underdog? 500 time? I don't know how we keep track of it. It's That's like we're going to five hours talking about it. No, this is obviously the first time Aaron Rodgers has, unless ever. It, Unless somebody walks in and bets $10 million on the Packers to cover and single-handedly moves the line to nine and a half, this is going to be the first time in Rodgers' career that he is a double-digit underdog. Not 10, not or not 11, not 11 and a half, but just any double-digit, uh, which is crazy to think about because there was uh, they were on the struggle bus for a little bit when Mike McCarthy was there, and there were some seasons where he didn't look so great and he wasn't getting along with McCarthy, so it's surprising this has never happened at least once and the crazy part is it's in a primetime game where Rodgers usually thrives but man the bills are just destroying people and it's hard to bet against them and this is a Sunday night game in Buffalo only the second time they've hosted a Sunday night home game since 2008 so the bills are going to be fired up Josh Allen is 3-0 and straight up and against the spread on Sunday night whether the game is home or away uh, so he has basically been unbeatable in Sunday night games. And so, I, I mean, I don't know how the Packers are going to move the ball on the Bills, and I don't know how the Packers defense is going to slow down the Bills offense. This just feels like, I don't uh, 
I don't feel good about the fact you, you don't want to get in the way like 11 and a half so many with Aaron Rodgers. Like I'm probably going to take it like I'll take the points, but I won't feel good about it. <laughs> well, I think one of the big things for me is w- the status of Alan Lazard, right? You know, he's I think they saw, saw him in the locker room wearing like a sling. So, you know, that has been his guy in the red zone if he's throwing it to a receiver. And so I get a little bit nervous because we do know that this Bills team has the ability to just blow doors. I mean, we yes. they, they, they can leave you in the dust 5-0 and 1 against the spread in their last six home games. I almost – I hate laying that many points. I'd probably just stay away from it, to be honest with you. I'd probably go over yeah. if I'm going to do anything. But it does feel like – I don't. I don't really have that. I have so much faith. Sean Gary is, is in concussion protocol. Like I, just have, I have so much faith in the Bills' offense and so little faith in the Packers' offense that I, I just have a hard time believing that they'll be able to keep this thing relatively close. One thing you could consider doing if they've got them posted. Let's see. Bills team total. Uh, alternate, yeah, alternate home points over twenty eight and a half minus one forty two. It's gonna let me move it. Let's see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you get Bills team total. Like, did, are the Bills really not going to score four touchdowns? You might, you might think that. Doesn't doesn't feel like it. it feels. Like, right. I mean, All right. Well, yeah. yeah anyway, so yeah, this is a. It's a. I never thought I'd be like. I don't know if I can take. I don't know if I can just take eleven and a half points with Aaron Rodgers on Sunday Night Football. True. And the other part is you probably think that like, but be like, I kind of do think that, I mean, maybe stay away from the upset here though. Uh, the Packers have been an underdog of seven points or more 10 times since 2010. They are Oh, and 10 straight up. So there are no upsets. There is the occasional cover. I think they are five and five against the spread. So it's kind of a coin toss in that sense, but they do when odds makers say the Packers are a huge underdog, they don't pull off the upset. And it does feel like if the if the Bills punch them in the mouth and they have a little bit of struggle on offense, the Packers, this season it does feel like Rodgers is more prone to just mail it in and just kind of give you that gloss-eyed, all right, we don't have it today, and kind of pack it in. Yeah. like That's, I mean, Brinson, we've been saying that for probably three years. Even we saw uh-huh. in the playoffs, even when they were good, is that once Rodgers realizes his team cannot win the game, boom, that's when he mails it in. And that's he, when and he, Brady, he and Brady are both like... Ugh. Just, just live to fight another day. Me out of here. He's like, are right, you going to put love in yet, Matt? Put him in, Matt. All right. Let's talk some. Um, there's a good bet that Sully found. Tell us, uh, uh, didn't you found it, right, Sully? The champion yeah, just, field. I just kind of scrolled, just scrolled Caesars. It was, you're reading, you're reading the gambling site. It's fine. Uh, um, yeah. Gonna and be, so I'm gonna it, give you credit. Let you explain it. Yeah. No, it's just champion versus the field. Bills, Eagles, or Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. That's minus 125. You take the field. It's plus 105. You kind of look around, and, and you see you see the, the rest of the odds there. It's tough to find another legitimate Super Bowl contender. I mean, may, if we're looking at just the odds, the San Francisco 49ers have the next best odds tied with the Minnesota Vikings at 16-1. to 1. I don't love either one of those teams. So you are, I mean, obviously you you got two teams in the AFC, which is, you know, I mean, only, but I mean, like if you get a Bills Chiefs AFC championship game and the Eagles make the NFC championship game, this, this, the odds for this would be like minus 10,000. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, you, you know, you have to, 
it, it depends on the draw. It depends on the, I was just trying to say draw in a Boston accent. I couldn't do it. Um, it depends on the draw. Like if you get bills and chiefs scoring off the divisional round, then you know the, the odds for this would change dramatically. Um, you know, or the Eagles, the one seed you're, you're, you're probably going to have both one seeds. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, you know, the Eagles could get caught. Um, one of the bills or the chiefs you know, is going to be the one seed in the AFC. Uh, more than likely. And then the, the Eagles are the likely team at the one seed. So you get two teams automatic, you know, you just, you feel good about your, your teams advancing. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I it, it always feels like in football, it's crazy to take just three teams versus the field because of the insanity that can happen. But it, it's so the, the parody like doesn't extend up to the top. It's like, there's, it, it's a, four or five teams at the top, maybe, and then just utter chaos and, like, crap below it. We'll play well, this the- game. Just really quickly, play this game. Which team outside of those three are you afraid of ruining this bet? And how far down do you have to get to that list? Is it That's- Dallas? It's not Tampa. Is it? I'm not really worried about Dallas. The Bengals? Maybe I guess Dallas is third in DVOA. I just don't, I don't ever believe that Dallas mm-hmm. is good. The Bengals could ruin it. The Ravens? And the Seahawks? The Titans. Yeah, it's a good point. Who's yeah? Who's ruining this? Like, I just think that it's even though you have two teams in the AFC, I'm taking the field all the way here because I'm looking at for one. If you look at since they expanded the playoff field to 14 teams, no number one team, <clears throat> no number one seed has won the Super Bowl, and only one of the four has even made it to the Super Bowl. And so, when you're talking about these teams probably getting the one seed, that hasn't been a help somehow, even though you're the only team getting the buy. Um, and if you look at this same thing, if you would have played the same game last year, the three teams with the best record after seven weeks were the Cardinals, who were seven and zero, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady, six and one, Aaron Rodgers, Packers, six and one. And so, if you're saying those are the three teams you well, get, agree, don't disagree, but it's like in that case, you'd be like, so I get the field, I get the Bills and the Chiefs, like okay. Well, no, I think <laughs> if they had the bet, they would have added one team from the AFC and probably pulled out the Cardinals or one of the three. Oh yeah, they would have gone. Um, Cardinals, maybe do four. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, you would have had to have one AFC team and no, and, and they probably, I think they would have put the Bills in there because the Bills were tied for the best yeah. record in the AFC at that point. So then you would have had Bills, let's say, even four teams Bills, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks, and it's like minus 150. I just think I would take the field all the way here. I, I know that sounds crazy, but it's just too, we've seen too much chaos. And I think the Bengals are a good example from last year where if a team gets hot, they can beat anyone. And maybe like the Titans don't make the Super Bowl, but they somehow get plucky and lucky and eliminate the Bills in the divisional. Just weird things like that happen. And so injuries happen. Yeah. If you give me 29 teams, yeah. I'm going to take 29 teams. Yeah. I probably, yeah. Well, and you're really, you're only taking like 10. I guess you're taking like 20. It's really like three verse, I don't know, is 15. It, yeah. I was going to say 10. Maybe 25 here instead because it's so, I mean, like the Panthers are still in play, although like, that's part of the problem too. When you're taking the field, like you could end up with like getting a Panthers playoff team, you know, and, and nobody really wants that. Yeah. Um, I, I would, yeah, I agree. I think you'd lean towards field, but the fact that there's Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, like, you know, those are the, it's a lot different than what Breach was pointing out last year, which is a, is a, is a great point to look at. All right. Any division odds that strike you as something we need to get down before the week kicks off? I would say that the Seahawks at five and a half to one is a good bet. They're in first place and they're still plus five fifty. That's amazing. The Niners are getting the Niners get so much respect. 
is crazy. I don't hate the Cowboys at five to one plus five hundred. You know, know they're only yeah that you know they've got two losses, but Dak's back. I think they're going to slowly get better. He's going to be more comfortable, and the Eagles are not going to go undefeated. I think we can probably agree on that. So. The Giants at eight to one. I mean, they're six and one. They're eight yeah, one. yeah. I mean, the Giants, the Giants too. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind getting plus money with Cincinnati. I think they're getting hot right at the right time. Or you know, right now, I don't know if it's the right time, but they're getting hot. Oh, the Ravens really. I, I'm glad you said sense. it, Tyler, because I didn't want to come across as a total. I, I think the Bengals. I, are I money with Cincinnati is awesome. I hope any Bengals fans and Colin who are listening, here's this. Yes, I agree. The Bengals are a good bet at plus one sixty. The Ravens. uh are the favorite? My, like, I would, I would much rather take the Bengals right now at plus one sixty than the Ravens at minus one sixty. Like j- just because of like how those two teams have looked, particularly on offense. Saints uh, six and a half to one. Somebody in the chat asked about. Yeah, I mean you can. I mean you can talk me into anything. In the, I wouldn't take the Buccaneers at minus two twenty. I'll tell you that much. In the in the AFC South or NFC one, South. I mean they're only a game out, and they've been missing arguably what three of their top five, four of their top five players. So if they get those guys back, if they get more stable play at quarterback, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they make a run, especially if Tampa continues to struggle. And you could just basically bet against the Buccaneers by putting, say, if you put 100 on the Falcons, the Saints, and the Panthers, and the Buccaneers don't win the division, you win money. Yeah. And then you lose three units if you're down. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't want to lay the 220 with the Buccaneers right now, just how bad they look. But three, three and a half to one for the Falcons is a little too short. I mean, I honestly think the Panthers are the most intriguing bet there at two, 20 to one. All the Saints, maybe, maybe they're um, the Packers at five to one in the NFC North. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, I know they look terrible. You know, you're never going to get five to one with Aaron Rodgers to win the division with 10 weeks to go in the season. Also, never under, underestimate Kirk Cousins. Ability to not win the division. Yeah, but if you're going to bet on a three and four team in the NFC North, would you rather have the Packers at five to one or the Chicago Bears at fifty to one? Fifty to one. Fifty to one is pretty crazy. Oh my god! And so I, I mean, we looked at the, the over under for the Packers is eight and a half in terms of wins this year. Uh, like the the readjusted, which is just crazy to think about. Um, we we asked about the Bears last night. I'm going to see if they've got it. They should have it up by now. Um, the Bears, we guessed seven and a half to one. Uh, would be their adjustment. Let me see the Packers just moved it all. The Packers still eight and a half. The under minus 134. Green Bay in that spot. Um, the, they have not added the Bears. Boo. I still think the Bears will be seven and a half to one. They don't know what to do with the Bears, Brenton. Um, I'm trying to see what the Vikings were, too. It would be helpful if these were in any sort of order. Vikings are 11 and a half to one over is minus 120. So, in other words, maybe the. God, I mean, th- I mean that's the three games clear of the next best team. That is insane. That is insane. An expectation that the Vikings will roll in the division. So that's why they're minus 700. Yeah, maybe the Bears at 50 to 1 is the better bet. I just don't think anybody's catching the Vikings with their, just where they are and how they're playing. Agreed. But yeah, I was only saying that if I was going to bet on a 3 and 4 team in the NFC North, it would be the Bears. But I do not think. I, I think give the me Vikings the fear. Right. Give me the 50 to 1 versus the 5 to 1 for, for an Aaron Rodgers team that's looked bad. And, and, and the Packers likely fall into 3 and 5 after they lose to the Bills on Sunday night. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, for Sully, I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.